T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Find your guy quickly, zero in on him, and don't let him interview with anyone else. That's what we saw with Ron Rivera. That's what we saw with Mike McCarthy. And now that's how what we've seen with Matt Rule. Three major hires with really no process whatsoever. Find your guy and lock him up, which kind of begs the question, what is the point of the Rooney Rule in the NFL trying to encourage the hiring of minority coaches it is an absolute joke. It is a mockery right now. Let's talk about that with Adam Kilgore from the Washington Post who wrote about this in the Post. Adam, good to have you on the program. It's Dave Briggs and it's Ross Tucker. Um, this process that we've seen play out with now three head coaching hires in the NFL and specifically the Dallas Cowboys interviewing Marvin Lewis, are they making a mockery of the Rooney Rule? Well, that's hard to answer because I think you have to know the intent and what's inside, you know, Jerry Jones's and Dave Tepper's and, and all their, you know, hearts and minds. And, you know, when they go to interview uh, Marvin Lewis or Eric Bieniemy, who, who interviewed in Carolina, um, you know, I, I think from the outside, I, I'm willing to say that those are um, legitimate interviews and not, you know, a, a token interview and that um, that they abide by the Rudy rule and the Rudy rules, um, you know, doing its job in the process. I think you have to just look at, you know, whether or not the Rudy rule is being um, you know, the, the spirit of it is being followed. Um, I think you have to look at the results, and the results are really bleak for um, diversity, especially um, African-American coaches in the NFL right now. So, Adam, for people that didn't get a chance to read your outstanding story at the Washington Post, and we encourage them to do so, can you sort of summarize where the Rooney rule is right now and what you think the issues are. Sure, yeah, that, that's really nice of you to say, Ross. I appreciate that. Um, you know, so I, I feel like the, the Rooney Rule is, is, is still, you know, it, it's, it's not the, the problem. I mean, it, like, at the end of the day, you know, I mean, it look, like the, the Rooney Rule, like there, there are people from the Fritz Pollard Alliance from the NFL who go talk to, like, Congress once a year to get, you know, it, th 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 those people want to know how it works because it's actually viewed as effective, which tells you something about society outside of the NFL and, and you know the way corporations work, but polar topics started to go on attention. Um, the, the issue is just who's who's getting the jobs at the end of the day, not not so much the interview process, you know. Uh, and it, it's a historic problem that is still, um, you know, certainly is, is going as strong as ever. I mean, um, Ron Rivera, in, in the words of um, Rod Graves of the Fritz Pollard Alliance, that was a win for diversity. He, he's um, Latin American, and uh, you know those those coaches are certainly underrepresented as well in the NFL. But you know, you look at the past. Three hiring cycles, if you include, um, you know, the one that's happened this year, at least part of it, and African American coaches are just not getting hired um, to be head coaches, and that problem is, is totally tied into um, sort of makeup of uh, offensive coaches and, and the people who are in positions, you know, with to coach the quarterback and to call plays and to be offensive coordinators. Um, you know, the NFL has, frankly, and NFL teams have, frankly, a shameful history of promoting 
uh, black coaches into positions that put them into position to be head coaches. You know, there, there right now there are two African American offensive coordinators in the NFL: Eric Bieniemy and Byron Leftwich. Uh, Byron, Byron Leftwich, sorry, in Tampa. Um, and there are only two African American quarterback coaches uh, as well. And as the league has really shifted heavily um, towards, you know, offensive coaches and trying to find an offensive mind who can connect with a quarterback, um, one of the offshoots of that, one of the, the issues has been that, you know, what was already a problem of hiring black coaches to be head coaches is now pretty much a full-blown crisis. Adam Kilgore with us from the Washington Post. Terrific story on the Rooney Rule. Minority coaches in the NFL points out we're at the same level of black coaches as we were in 2003 when the Rooney Rule was instituted. And per your point about offensive coordinators in the game, only five black head coaches in NFL history are Shell, Dennis Green, Jim Caldwell, Hugh Jackson, and Anthony Lynn currently with the Chargers came from an offensive background. You'll find that all in this outstanding piece. So if Eric Bieniemy, Adam, does not get a job, he's the offensive coordinator with the Chiefs this season, and it doesn't feel like he's going to get an opportunity, at least to me. He's getting the interviews. He got the interviews last year, though. If he doesn't mm-hmm. get a job, what does that tell us, and what do you think the biggest problem is? Is it just the lack of quality candidates to choose from, or is there something greater? Yeah, I mean, I think it's something greater. Cause, like, I don't think there's a total lack of, of quality candidates. You know, I mean, they're not as high as number as, like, you know, white guys who are calling plays and being coordinators. But, you know, like, Matt Rule is, is a great coach. Like, I would not never cast aspersions on that hire at all. I mean, his, his results speak for themselves. But, like, where is the NFL interest if, if like, you know, Kingsbury is getting interest? Like, what about, um, you know, a, a creative choice like Tony Scott, according to Clemson, who all he has win the national championship every year, calling plays? What about... Um, you know, Dino Babers at Syracuse. He beat Clemson with Syracuse's roster. Uh, coached um, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo in college. You know, he's like a sort of a very, you know, innovative guy with RPOs and arrays and all that. But where is their even sort of like rumored interest, you know? Um, and I think at the end of the day, it comes, goes back to, um, you know, the guys hiring the job. I mean, it is a league issue, but it comes down to, um, the teams themselves, you know, at the end of the day, all the owners, um, except for Shaq Khan, are white. Um, all of the GMs, except for Chris Greer, are white. Um, and you end up sort of hiring who you know, and, um, you know, it, it just, you, it's not, not trying to break any sociological news here, but, like, you know, that's just, if you're, if you're a white, rich man, you probably um, are, uh, you know, conditioned to, you know, choose the white guy, whether that's, uh, I don't think it's like overt racism. It's just, um, you know, sort of a, a systemic issue that um, you have to sort of like work, consciously work beyond. And I don't think that's, that's happening. Um, you know, and with, with the enemy, you know, the Tony Dungy told me a story that I think is really um, resonant uh, when, when he was talking about Eric and his chances. You know, he, he, he went back to like the, the Packers, of the early '90s and then mid '90s, when Mike Holmgren was having success, and you know his staff became a real factory of head coaches. You had Mariucci, who coached there, took a year at Cal, ended up being the head coach at uh, San Francisco. You had uh, Andy Reid came out of there. He was a very high-profile coach, wasn't a coordinator, but you know was, was a top offensive assistant for Mike. Um, got a job at, at Philadelphia. Up next in that sort of pipeline was Sherman Lewis. Um, he was a coordinator, didn't call plays. He was black and never got a head coaching job. Um, despite interviewing a whole lot of places. 
And that was what Tony was relating to Eric, was saying that, yeah, I think he's got a chance to be a head coach. He seems to be a hot name. Um, but, you know, this has happened before. And the excuse when Sherman Lewis wasn't hired was, well, he didn't call plays. Like, well, you know, you know Mike Holmberg was calling the plays and Mary Uchi was there. He was calling the plays when um, – um, Try to get, uh, you know, when, when when both those coaches were there, it's the same thing in Kansas City. People people want to say that, you know, use the excuse or the reason that, um, well, you know, Eric Bieniemy isn't calling plays in Kansas City. Well, neither was Doug Peterson, and for a lot of his time there, neither was Matt Nagy. They've had great success; those were great hires. And the the next person in line is Eric Bieniemy. If you want like a proven sort of like formula for a head coach in the NFL, the guy who was under Andy Reid and uh, coach the MVP Patrick Mahomes, you know, even though Eric doesn't call plays, he's in Mahomes' headset. Um, so he's a he's a great candidate. And you know, at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself like, what's the difference between Eric Bieniemy and uh, the guys who came before him? Um, it's hard to find an answer to that other than the color of his skin, uh, which is a really rotten uh, thing to be true. But it's hard to it's hard to find a different explanation. Adam, uh, this is great stuff. Uh, one thought I had is, I think it was maybe just a couple years ago, I don't know what the the peak number was, but it feels like very recently when you had Hugh Jackson in Cleveland and Marvin Lewis in Cincinnati and Jim Caldwell in Detroit, Steve Wilkes in Arizona, Vance Joseph in Denver. I mean, I don't know what the highest number of minority head coaches was, but it feels like it was as high as it ever was, but that all of those guys I just named lost their jobs in the last couple of years. What was the peak number of minority head coaches in the NFL? Because it feels like it was fairly recently. Yeah, it was. It was. A, it was I got to like eight. Um, you're right. Not not too long ago, in like 2016. But I think what happened is it really is related to. Um, the sort of like offensive coaching pipeline, you know, that as a league went heavily toward offense, uh, you know, hiring coordinators, you know, hiring quarterback coaches, friends of Sean McVay, um, like all of those positions were filled by white guys. Um, and historically just like there's been, um, you know, whether it's a systemic bias, whether it's, you know, a lot of it relates to, you know, at the generation or two ago when black players were not getting opportunities to play quarterback, especially as, as backups in the league, um, I think that's that's really spinning forward. Like those are those are the people and players who end up becoming coaches. I mean, like back of quarterback is like the ultimate incubator for being a head coach. I think like you know seven or eight coaches right now in the NFL were, were back of quarterback. You know, Doug Pearson was a, was a great back of quarterback. He's a good example. Anyway, so I think like that is not the whole reason, but definitely a sort of interesting factor. Um, that so again, to answer your point about where have all the black head coaches were going. Most of those, if not all of them, um, aside from Hugh and Anthony Lynn, they were all coming from the defensive side of the ball as it's become now in vogue to hire offensive coaches, um, you, like you know the, the, the candidates who are minorities uh, aren't there. And, and, and to your point, too, I think it's really telling about who gets second chances. Um, the only time in NFL history when a franchise fired uh, or sorry, when a franchise lost a minority head coach and then hired a, head, a minority head coach to replace him was when the Colts went from Tony Dungy to Jim Caldwell. And Dungy retired, 
Caldwell as the OC. They they moved him up, and um, you know, so it, it it that to me really does feel like, you know, a lot of these franchises, whether it's consciously or not, think okay, we check that box. We have our head coach now. Let's move on to something else. And they're not keeping yeah. open mind and trying to find the best, the, the very best guy, regardless of uh, skin color. Hopefully what can change this process is the fact that right now, arguably the three best quarterbacks in the game are black Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. You've got Jameis Winston, Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott. So maybe uh, everything begins to change, but you bring up Jim Caldwell as did Ross, I think, which is an interesting case in Detroit. Caldwell posted three winning seasons, led the Lions to their first 11 win season since 91, twice made the playoffs. He was dismissed after going 36 and 28. Matt Patricia is being retained 9, 19 and 1. It look, we're, we're tiptoeing around the word. Is there racism in the system? Why would Pat, Matt Patricia get opportunities Jim Caldwell didn't get when he far outproduced him? Yeah, I do think there's there's racism in the system. I don't think it's like overt racism, but I think it's the kind of subtle racism that infects, you know, pretty much every corner of American life. Um, and to think that the NFL would be immune from it, um, you'd be you'd be wrong. Despite some some efforts on the part of really hardworking good people to uh, overcome that, um, again, it goes back to at the end of the day, like, you know, there's 32 or sorry, 31 um, rich white guys who are making almost every hire, and you know, like they're going to decide at the end of the day. And so, you know, as, as much work as you want to do and as much, um, you know, information you want to put out, I think that the, the Jim Caldwell example is perfect. I mean, he's been to a Super Bowl. Um, he made the playoffs Detroit, which is like a miracle. Um, uh, you know, and he coached Peyton Manning. Like there's there's so many reasons that things that make him a good coach. Like he did, he took a year off after getting fired, and now he's, a, he's, a, he's on staff in Miami. But like why would – you know, and I'm, this is not like a knock on Mike McCarthy, but like if you're gonna, if you're gonna, if Mike McCarthy is like a really hot candidate, like what is the as far as like their results? And you know, like Ross, you're, you're you know more about football and you know people in the league and what they think about certain implications and styles and all that. But like, yes, based on like results um, broadly, like why is Jim Caldwell not a, not getting you know a, five interviews in this cycle? Um, you, you know, he's—it's just—it's—it's it, kind of maddening when you when you start talking about it. You kind of go in circles, but you know, at the end of the day, like I said, it comes back to who's doing the hiring. And um, I, I don't, again, I don't think like you know any NFL owner is up in their office thinking like, well, I'm definitely not going to hire a black guy. But I do think that they just there's certain comfort comfort with certain um, people um, that they feel, whether that's. Um, I think probably most of it is subconscious, but it's there. Um, and there, there's really no, you can't deny it based on, on the results. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would just say, Adam, I, I do think it actually more than anything else. It's, it goes, it's from the quarterback coaches and then the coordinators. And a mm -hmm. lot of that goes to who played quarterback 20 years ago, because mm -hmm. that's who gravitated to the quarterback coach position and then coordinator, et cetera. I mean, you don't see a lot of former offensive linemen becoming NFL head coaches either because not a lot of them become uh, NFL offensive coordinators. So I do think that's part of it. My last question is just the Rooney rule in general and mm -hmm. how it's perceived among 
African-American head coaches in particular, African-American candidates, I should say in particular, because I feel like on some level it would bother me if I felt like I was only getting the interview because of the Rooney rule. Now, I know it would still be incumbent upon me to prove myself to them anyway, but I'm just curious about what their perception is of quote-unquote token interviews because of the Rooney rule. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that's one of, of many frustrations, and it's a, it's a big one. Um, you know, I, there, there are definitely, uh, you know, candidates in the past who have been offered interviews and, and turned them down for that reason, just because they feel like, you know, this is this is BS, like I'm not going to let you use me just but you know, for this charade. Um, you know, that being said, you know, I, I know, like, you know, I think uh, I think it was Tony Dungy when I was talking to him, he said that he encourages coaches, even if they do feel like it's a token interview, to do it, because your name's... Your, your, your name gets out there. Other, other people see it. It's good practice. You know, I think those, those, those coaching interviews are, are hard work. They're grueling. And you got to be prepared for them. And doing one, even if it is going through the motions, it actually, it actually is useful at, at the end. So there are some coaches who, you know, maybe on principle don't want to do it, but realize, like, if there's some practical use for it. Um, and that's honestly part of the rule, too. Look, I mean, if, if a team, you know, knows, has history with a coach and knows they want to hire that coach, um, you know, that's, I think that's like fair. I think that's naturally part of the process. Um, you know, if, and if they have to hire or sorry, interview, um, an African-American coach, uh, you know, and it's a little bit of a kabuki dance that honestly, at the end of the day, like it is frustrating, but I don't think it's the worst thing. I think it's part of the way the rule works. Cause what you want is you want just people to be more open-minded. You want like when an owner, you know, sits down to make his list and he under, you know, he's heard this name out there and is thinking of that person as a potential head coach, which may not have happened if I got that interview, whether it was token or not. So it is, yeah, it is. There's a lot of like BS to those token interviews, uh, but there's actually some practical use as well. I think that's like part of why the Rooney rule sure. um, is, is, a, is a good rule. So it's, it's an interesting, it, it is kind of interesting because it's like, it's like, it's 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 crap, but it's also you know in a roundabout way, sort of like helping promote some more diversity. Sure, and I, I think it is helpful for Eric Bieniemy's name to resurface and for him to go through the process. But when Marvin Lewis is 0-7 in the postseason, and everyone from coast to coast, let alone in Dallas, knows he's not getting that job, in that case, I do believe it's the mockery because no one in Dallas would accept that hire. But it is a great conversation to have. It's a wonderful piece in the Washington Post. Adam Kilgore, read him there. Follow him at Adam Kilgore WP on Twitter. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate the time. Hey, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Hi, everyone. This is Dave Briggs. Thanks for listening to the Home and Home podcast. Remember, you can watch or listen live every day exclusively on the Radio.com app or on the web at radio.com slash home. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t